instead of hiring necessarily for the skill set, hire for an attitude. There were days where I'm laying in bed, it's like, why are you laying in bed? Get up, get to worry. I think the entire backbone of entrepreneurship is really knowing how to have a sound business model that scales, and uh, that's the hardest part of all. Hey, Powder Keg fans, you're listening to episode 64 of Powder Keg Igniting Startups, the show for entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators building remarkable tech companies decidedly outside of Silicon Valley. I'm your host, Matt Hunkler, and today I have a very special episode because I am in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee, y'all. Howdy. Hey. (laughs) And I have two very special (laughs) guests who I'm going to introduce you to in just a second. But first, let me tell you why I'm here. Uh, Our team drove down from Indianapolis at our headquarters uh, in Powder Keg's headquarters in Indianapolis down to Nashville uh, to launch our first ever statewide tech census report. And that is in the state of Tennessee, covering four cities. And the biggest sample set by far was Nashville. And so we came down early uh, last night. We came down last night because we wanted to make it to the annual Next Awards, which is Nashville's annual celebration of entrepreneurship. Um, and it's really a signature event for the Nashville Entrepreneurs Center, or the EC, as you might hear us talk about uh, in this episode. And so I've got two special guests today, and I'll introduce them, at, you know, as I mentioned, in just a minute. But what? let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to do. We're going to have a little bit of a discussion, because our guests actually had the chance to interview some of the winners of the Next Awards last night. And so we have those clips, sort of like the cream of the crop, some of the very best clips from those backstage interviews. And we're going to play them here for you in a very curated uh, sort of way and have a little bit of conversation about them, pairing some of the tech census data from the report, uh, as well as some of the stories that our two guests today have seen working uh, through the Entrepreneur Center and in Nashville. So today you're going to hear from not only our two guests, but you're going to hear from Scott Borchetta, who you might have heard that name before because he's the founder, president, and CEO of Big Machines Label Group. And they are the number one independent record label, uh, and they are the home to superstars like Taylor Swift. Uh, Actually, I think that was their first artist. Uh, Florida Georgia Line, Reba McIntyre, just an incredible list. So you're going to hear from Scott. You're also going to hear from Michael Burcham, who is a dear friend of mine and I would consider a mentor. Uh, I met him many, many years ago. And Michael is an executive coach, an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, and an investor with 30-plus years of experience leading healthcare organizations. You're going to also hear from Ron Samuels, who is an experienced leader, an executive marketer, and has been a banker in Nashville for 43 years. He was the founder and CEO of Avenue Bank. Uh, And then you're going to hear from two of the award winners uh, for their companies. So Betsy McHugh, the founder of Hurdle, who won Music and Media Startup of the Year. And then also Jerry Bosselman, CEO and founder of Vaco, who won Intrapreneurial Company of the Year. Uh, So we're going to hear all of that and more on this episode. So let's just dive right in and let me introduce our two very special guests. First off is the co-founder of uh, Relationary Marketing, a turnkey podcast production agency. 
at the same time, uh, uh, is working with Nashville's Entrepreneur Center. He also works with cool clients like Jack Daniels. I'm going to have to talk to him about that. Uh, and he also contributes to the team at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center, helping with a ton of their digital, including an upcoming podcast called Navigate, which we're going to get to talk to talk about a little bit in this episode. So first of all, Clark, welcome to the show. Mr. Clark Buckner. Thank you so much. I'm we so glad. We can all applaud now. We've got you here in the studio, man. We're so happy to host you here. Dude, this is impressive. Is this your creation? Right. So it's we're here in the Nashville Entrepreneur Center, but everything inside the room relationary, which is kind of like a made-up word, but we, <laughs> we've outfitted the whole place, all custom-built furniture, all the best mics. Um, we got some great Arlex foam panels, and we just we want to create an atmosphere where we can hear stories, connect, and that's why we're here today. You're coming through loud and clear, and I want to hear more about that. But first, let's introduce who is sitting next to me and across from you here in the studio. And this is the Vice President of Inclusion and in Community Relations at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. Um, she's helping to foster access to support for entrepreneurs, as well as tapping into some of the underestimated entrepreneur groups in Nashville. Um, she's been at the EC for about two months and was previously with Teach for America, which I'm sure you've heard of, but it's the national nonprofit that prepares leaders to teach in order to interrupt educational inequity. Um, Bryn has an amazing career and she's got an awesome perspective. So please help me welcome to the show, Bryn Plummer. Woo woo! Yay! Repping three three six Greensboro, North Carolina. So two in Nashville. Two months in at the EC. Yes. What is the uh, what's your biggest takeaway so far? Um, I spent so much time in Nashville. I've been here about seven years, and I spent a ton of time in Nashville being really steeped into one system in Nashville, which was education. Yeah. And coming to the EC has really blown my mind wide open to all the different things that make Nashville such a great place to live and also a place that has a ton of potential that hasn't been tapped yet. Um, and I also learn new acronyms every single day. <laughs> MVP, Most Valuable Player, also Minimum Viable Product. There you go. Which I've learned here at the EC. Look at you. Yeah, I'm you're coming the, up. You're on the learning curve. I'm coming there. up. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so entrepreneurs are obviously very important. They are a primary listener here at Powder Keg Igniting Startups, and uh, we've got a really cool show today. I'm excited to share some of these interviews that uh, Clark did backstage last night. Uh, Bryn, can you tell us a little bit first, though, what Nashville Entrepreneur Center does? Sure. We have a pretty singular mission that hasn't really changed since we started. We help people create, launch, and grow businesses here in Nashville. We see ourselves as the front door for entrepreneurs in Nashville, and we really take that seriously. We have a 20,000 square foot uh, space here, and people come through it all the time to get access to resources and people. Um, and then we also really have thought really strategically about the different supports that people need at different stages in their entrepreneur community. So we have everything from navigation, which I'm over, which is someone calls us up or emails us and says, I have a business plan, but I don't have access to funding. How do I get there? So someone who's pretty early stage or maybe has like a pretty small technical issue that they're coming up against to pre-flight, which is for someone who's really looking to vet and see if their idea is viable. So someone who's pretty early mm -hmm. in their process to in-flight, which is for folks who are, my product is up and running. My project is, uh, my dream is becoming a reality before my eyes. I have one to three full-time employees, up to $150,000 in revenue, but I'm really looking to scale this thing. And then um, we also really hand folks off to other programs that are a little bit different, that are industry-specific. Mm. Project Music, which is a huge industry in Nashville um, for folks who are very specifically looking at that industry. And then Project Healthcare, which is our other big um, portfolio project where um, in Nashville, I don't know if you know, is home to like 
probably one of the biggest healthcare industries yeah. in the world, home of HCA Hospital Corporation of America, um, which is one of the biggest hospital chains in the in the world and in the U.S. specifically. So um, those are our two big portfolio projects. Yeah, and something I'm always surprised by is I mean, music. Everyone thinks, you know, we said howdy just a moment ago. Everyone thinks of country music and the music scene. It's like a ten billion dollar industry, mm-hmm. big, but healthcare is like forty billion dollar economic impact. Bigger. It's a lot bigger. So like Brent's saying, we've got – anyone can be connected through the ECU, this ecosystem in Nashville. But if you also have some interest in healthcare and music, we have the programs to plug Absolutely. people into that. Yeah, that's really cool. In terms of the the industries, and I know we'll get a chance to dive into this in this show a little bit um, – what kind of successes have you seen here in Nashville in terms of like those startup technology company successes? We heard the CEO, our CEO from last night, Michael Brody Waite. He took the stage, and I think, Brent, I want you to share kind of what he said because I think just that alone kind of takes a full circle. Yeah, absolutely. So Michael Brody Waite himself came to the EC to get support. He had had some experiences going to his doctor where he had had to wait like two hours to get in to see his doctor with whom he already had an appointment. So the appointment was for one. He was there at three, still waiting to get seen. And so he had this idea to make that simpler um, based on his experiences, honestly, flying. He's like, if a plane can tell me that I am going to be uh, delayed in my travel because the plane is delayed in its travel, then why can't my doctor do the same? So he came to the EC, got support, met and connected with Michael Burcham, who was the founder of the EC. Um, and Michael Burcham became one of his biggest advisors and ultimately sat on his board as he founded the company that would become in quicker with his co-founder. In quicker is a B to B to C a new acronym I learned, that um, allows hospitals and doctor's offices to connect to their clients and customers to make appointments, schedule appointments for an emergency room um, or just a regular doctor's visit and then ultimately improve the customer experience and improve the hospital or doctor's office experience as well. Well, and you mentioned Michael Burcham, and uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Burcham and I actually go way back. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Michael actually in Miami Florida of all places. Here we go. Um, hey, hey. It was at a, a <laughs> summit for Startup America. I was Startup Indiana and he was Startup Tennessee. Wow. And we both got down there a little early for the conference and we ended up grabbing sushi. Oh. And uh, I was like, wow, this this guy is brilliant. I just like stumbled into meeting uh, one of the most interesting <laughs> people I've ever met. And uh, ever since then, he has uh, taught me so much about building entrepreneurial ecosystems, building technology companies, which, of course, he's had several successes. And now with what he's doing at Naris Health, uh, he is disrupting the industry once again. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you had a uh, chance last night, Clark, to interview him backstage. Um, so I'd love to share some of his wisdom from that, that interview. Uh, for those that don't know uh, Michael or haven't heard of Michael, uh, he's scaled three businesses throughout his career with a combined market value of $650 million at the time of their sale. And uh, Michael was the founding CEO of Nashville Entrepreneurs Center uh, and served in that capacity from 2010 until 2015. And it was just so cool to watch him uh, scale that and get back into the startup saddle with Naris Health. Um, so, Clark, do you mind yeah. uh, playing a little bit of yeah. and giving that, that context? Certainly. This is going to be Michael Rabin came off the stage. And so he's just sharing. He's like a information dispenser. Everybody just goes, he's always got this mm. great advice. So this is just kind of something he was sharing for startups, for younger entrepreneurs. 
I think the entire backbone of entrepreneurship is really knowing how to have a sound business model that scales. And uh, that's the hardest part of all. And uh, that's what we have to invest more heavily in is how to build great business model investors want to back. Otherwise, they're all pretty pictures and pretty ideas. They go nowhere. I love that. I love hearing like just the fact that you're backstage. You can hear that announcer last night who mm. was ugh, hilarious. Yeah. He <laughs> He's was, the voice of like any kind of show you've seen on TV. Yeah, every award show. Absolutely. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> Heather McBee, I think, set that up. Yep. That's pretty great. Well, yeah, I mean, Michael talks about business models here, and uh, it's clear, you know, healthcare business models, uh, business models around the music industry. It, it seems like there's a lot of B2B. However, I do see some B2C sort of in the um, uh, music consumer space. Uh, curious what you see come through here at the Entrepreneur Center. For just, uh, yeah, I mean, another success story that, I mean, similar timeline. I mean, back when... Uh, Michael Brody Wake came through. We had another team called Lean Kit. They actually, interestingly enough, they were over at HCA. Mm-hmm. A couple guys that they they were really interested in project management and this whole lean Kanban approach to software development that they ended up deciding, hey, we're going to create a company all about project management software. And it's interesting because it's, it's cool to see a big exit that's not music or healthcare. Mm. So LinkIt is basically the whole idea of the sticky notes where you're going from to do, doing, done. It's that, but software. So it's really interesting. They were acquired, I think this is last year, by PlanView. I believe that's who that was. And it's really neat because although Chris Heffley, early days, got support from the EC, now he's back is one of our top advisors, and he's giving back what he what he's learned. So that's such the DNA I think of Nashville. That's cool. That's cool to hear that story. And I, I know there was another big win last year um, with the acquisition of Emma by Campaign Monitor. Uh, we actually were fortunate enough to interview the founder of Emma while he was still in the trenches there. Uh, and that was episode twenty nine of Powder Keg Igniting Startups. Now Clint has his exit, and now he's back at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. Right? That's right. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's back as an entrepreneur and. In- residence for in-flight, our program for folks who are looking to scale existing businesses. So kind of some success here in the email space uh, as well. And I know Emma in particular didn't really raise money until uh, kind of later in the game. I, I think they were... They got a loan, I know, uh, you know, in year two of operation. They scaled for several years until just in the last couple of years uh, before they were acquired, they did like, I think, maybe a 3.5 million round or something like that, a little, something a little smaller um, that really helped them scale to that probably a bigger acquisition price, although it's undisclosed. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, can you talk to me a little bit about the, um, the, the capital scene here? You know, the, the tech census uh, report itself you know, showed that 73% of tech founder respondents struggled to raise capital, while at the same time, 65% of startup founders surveyed uh, said that they had raised capital. So they, it, maybe it was a struggle, but they still got it most still got it done, it seems like. Does that kind of match up with what you're seeing here with some of the founders you're serving? For sure. I think it, every founder has a kind of different experience, for sure, which is not something that the listeners to Powder Keg won't be surprised by. Sure. It's not something the listeners of Powder Keg will be surprised by. Let me fix that. Um, but it's pretty scrappy. It's very disorganized. It's really based on who you know. Nashville's a super relational city. Mm. It's um, good and bad. That's it's what, good and yeah. bad, exactly. So you never know what 
conversation or handshake or just meeting someone in the lobby of the next awards um, will lead to something really big. But it is really uh, scrappy out there. I think a theme that I've been seeing, I can't, I'm not qualified to speak to you. I'm just not at the stage where I've been able to experience that directly. But what I'm really excited about what Brand is doing with, and the whole team with navigation, it's that whole theme of connecting an ecosystem. Because when you dial it back, when the entrepreneur was started, National Entrepreneur Center started 2009, there was not many resources. When you fast forward to today, we've got over 250 resources. And a lot of those, like the, you know, the group who won Navigation Partner of the Year, Pathway Women Business Center, they, for instance, have capital opportunities. But if someone doesn't know about them, maybe mm. they're cap- they don't have access to the network to know about them, they're never going to see that money. Yep. So that's what Bryn is focused a lot on with connecting the ecosystem. A lot of people are interested in this right now and what's happening in Nashville. Yeah, one of the reasons that we invest in the ecosystem, and, and to some folks it might look a little strange, like why is the National Entrepreneur Center that is here to serve entrepreneurs – why are they explicitly looking to organize entrepreneur support organizations that might seem a little bit like a mission creep? Why we're mapping these 250 organizations. We believe that entrepreneurs and strong entrepreneur uh, communities can only thrive when information gets to the entrepreneur as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So if an entrepreneur says, hey, I have a business plan, I'm ready to go, but I really need that funding, and it takes them 10 hours to get to the right person or 20 hours to get to the right person, the right organization, we know that's hours taking away from their lives, their lives with their families, the amount of time that their business could go from an idea to a launched business. So we want to make that as quick as possible. So when you have a problem, we can get you the answer as quickly as possible and really make that a little more clear and less lonely. Right. And on the flip side of that is if you're just wandering around having coffee meetings, anyone in Nashville will take coffee with you. It's great. But they talked about this last night. You get to this thing we like to call death by a thousand coffees mm-hmm. and you run out of time. Yep. 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 That's not what you want. Right. So the the interesting thing, I, I think this points to the connectivity of Nashville. Um, the tech census found that Nashville uh, tech companies as a whole grow uh, at, about, at a rate of about uh, 80% uh, or more in terms of their revenue. So 24% of the startup response, which was the largest chunk uh, of respondents, uh, said that they grew more than 80% their revenue in 2017, um, which is a pretty fast growth rate when you think about uh, companies, especially if only 65% of them uh, have raised capital. Um, that's, mm. a, that's a pretty uh, serious growth rate. And they're growing their revenue, but they're also growing their teams. Mm. And I, I think... Uh, it's cool to kind of hear a little bit from some of the other entrepreneurs uh, that were on stage last night. Uh, one of them was Ron Samuels. And uh, for those that don't know, Ron Samuels is a very experienced leader. Uh, he's been a banker in Nashville for 43 years. Uh, he's the chairman and CEO of Avenue Bank, which merged with Pinnacle Financial Partners in July of 2016. Uh, you know, Avenue grew to $1.2 billion in assets, uh, billion with a B. And in February 2015, they began trading uh, as a publicly traded company on the NASDAQ. Um, And so really great uh, success here in Nashville. And uh, I think it was pretty cool that, you know, one, Ron won an award last night. uh, But two, he had some really good insights on how important culture is when you're building a team at a fast growth company. Yeah, I can't wait to play this clip to you because not only was the next awards you know, the next awards, we combined it this year with the Entrepreneurs Hall of Fame that we have in Nashville. And so Ron Samuels, right when he came off stage, just inducted in this. They were talking about so many things he did, but you're right, culture was at the heart of it. You were really 
really praised for your focus on culture. And that's always been at the DNA, in the DNA of what you've done. What advice do you have for startups, Nashville's next business leaders? What do they need to know about culture? Well, culture really drives who you hire. And instead of hiring necessarily for the skill set, hire for an attitude. Attitude, honestly, to me, is the number one thing. So, you know, there's very little difference in people. The little difference is attitude. The big difference is whether it's positive or negative. Teams are powerful. And if you have a contagious personality, you know, companies start off with a personality and then they develop a culture. So embrace that. It takes time. Um, You know, I, I think be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. From someone who's accomplished so much in Nashville, what do you think? I love that. I love that quote. Um, Mm. And this was definitely backed up by the Tennessee Tech Census data. Mm. Uh, What we found was that the number one reason people worked at tech companies was because they value the company culture. Um, Mm. The the number two spot was that uh, they had a cool product that they were working on. Then the number three was the the quality of their leadership team. And this really lines up actually what we're finding nationally as a trend in our other tech censuses in in Denver, Boulder, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. uh, Company culture is always in the top three. And in Nashville, it was in that number one spot. Um, in terms of like what you've seen in the portfolio of companies here at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center, what are some of the more unique company cultures that you've seen implemented? Uh, and can you tell the difference between a startup that has a great culture and an- maybe another that doesn't put culture first? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking mm-hmm. on one. Th- I think this is notable. This is not. This is not an EC company. And by the way, you know the EC is a nonprofit. We don't. You know, we're not. Taking equity, we're, we're I so, said portfolio just because it. Yeah, exactly. Buzzword, buzzwordville, totally. and, and it's uh, different. You know, we're, we're <laughs> that's a difference about the Nashville Entrepreneurs Center. We're in a tech hub network of other groups similar to us, and yeah. they usually are taking some kind of equity. So, um, I do want to do one more nod to Clint Smith because he was so passionate about the people. I've heard so many stories, people who've left you, and, and people who'd return to work on his team, mm-hmm. and that's something that. I, He's left such a legacy on focusing on the people. So that kind of influence, I think, has really impacted a, I can't, countless groups countless. who've been influenced and by. And Emma is such a national such a staple. staple. Yeah, they're, they're no. nicknamed the, the tech darling yeah. of, yep. of Nashville. So other teams, other startups. I, mean, I, I think, think Jamber, who are you thinking about? Go, go with Jamber. Yeah, Jamber was founded here out of Project Music mm-hmm. um, and by Marcus Cobb. And he had such an interesting story because he'd been in the music business for years and years and years. Um, and for him, when he started Jamber, and Jamber is a way to project manage creative projects. So it's a vertical. So he's thinking about it for music, but it's applicable to other projects. So um, We actually had Marcus uh, pitch at one of our events uh, maybe a year or so and ago. He's, so, he's amazing. And he he's, was amazing. And he came out of Project Healthcare having presenter. raised no money. So he's also at Project Healthcare this year, or Project Music, excuse me, when they presented this year. He was like, if you haven't raised a ton of money yet, don't worry. There's still hope for you because they are um, in the millions of dollars of raised money at this point. Um, but they were recognized as like one of the best companies for women to work. Mm. Um, and they're growing their team. And you could just tell, like, we had them at the Project Music Startup Showcase we did a few months ago. 
their table that they had there was just vibrant. Like everyone was wearing their Jamber t-shirts. It was a young team. It you was can feel the energy. Team. The energy was really there. And um, a lot of the people on the team have worked in the music industry, but a lot of them haven't. And that was part of what he was looking for. He just wanted people who wanted to be part of something different and special. And you can tell that and get that feeling and vibrance and energy when you're near yeah, the Jamber love- team. Relocated here from Chicago, and, mm-hmm. and he's keeping it here. Yep, he's stealing our Midwest it. talent. I know, man. <laughs> and he won next award, and uh, the last time we hosted that event. Oh, yep. that's really cool. Yep. that's really cool. We'll have to get Marcus on the show sometime and just talk a little bit about what he's building. You know, I I, I love what you're saying about how he built Jamber, sort of with a plan and a vision for his culture. And I think um, you know, in that interview. Uh, with Ron, Ron talked a little bit about That's having right. a plan and uh, and some of the plans for Nashville. Do you mind queuing that up for Let's us, Clark? Go. Clark? We've been very fortunate. Uh, this didn't happen accidentally. This was very intentional with a plan. And I think what we have to do now is step back and look at another plan. What does the future look like? Without a good plan, it's hard to say you're going to be successful. But I I think for me, uh, the next step is let's get transportation uh, settled and uh, see where we go. One final question for you. When you reflect Uh, back, just one thing. I love that it ends on transportation because um, this is something we're hearing in communities uh, everywhere. You know, it's, it's not just Nashville. Indianapolis is putting in electric buses to create more connectivity within that city. Mm-hmm. I just saw a tweet yesterday from Mark Benioff to Elon Musk being like, hey, can you hyperloop us up? Because we need to be able to get to the ocean and out to the valley and back. <laughs> um, every tech hub is facing this issue of transportation. But can you give us a little context of what's going on here in Nashville? Sure, I can. So Nashville has had a couple really contentious pushes to get public transportation improved in our city. So we've had two ballot measures fail um, on making the city um, either have a light rail, which was one idea that we've had, or um, to add a bus lane. So both have failed. Um, Why did those fail? Pretty overwhelmingly, it's people just don't want it. So the first one was because... Well, it's just, it's a messy situation, yeah. right? People with people who don't want it are really loud, I think is how what I should say. It doesn't take very many people in Nashville who don't want something. It takes like maybe 100 or 200 people who really don't want something or do want something to get loud enough for it to not happen. Why would they not want that to happen? One, it would have, the first one would have taken sidewalk space and also people's property space and allocated it to the city. So people didn't want to lose their... Um, sure their their own homes i guess or their own homes or their own yards and then um there's probably a lot of other reasons yeah, too. There's some political I, stuff I mixed in there. yeah there's a lot of, i mean it's an it's interesting city it's a blue there. dot and a red sea but it's also this issue cuts across it does not stick to party lines like mm-hmm. it is not a democratic issue or a republican issue like people from it's pretty bipartisan the support for it and pretty bipartisan the uh, opposition to it. So it's it's very, very complex. And in addition to that, one of the things that we see and part of what um, the EC is looking to study via our businesses that are launched here, via the entrepreneurs that call this place home, our community members, we know that entrepreneurship doesn't happen in a vacuum. So um, for me, thinking about underestimated entrepreneur communities, especially when we're in the middle of the country, um, which I think is already an underestimated community in and of itself when it comes to entrepreneurship. We want to understand how could someone who wants to be an entrepreneur who is 
maybe a single parent who doesn't have access to child care or has limited access to child care um, and is the primary caregiver, how could they find the hours and time to be an entrepreneur? How can we make those hours really robust so we're getting them to the best resource possible so they're not wasting their time, which they don't have a ton of? How can someone who doesn't have access to a car who's maybe also maybe near the poverty line or at the poverty line, how can they have access to entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial services so that they can get themselves out of that situation because it is one of the most surefire ways to improve your economic conditions as an individual and as a family. We're trying to think about how do we make this entire system really equitable for entrepreneurs so that we're not missing out on this like amazing potential of entrepreneurs in every single zip code, in every single neighborhood, on every single block. I love that. I love that that's a focus for Nashville and it clearly was top of mind for Ron. Uh, when he was speaking last night, and I've heard many, many other entrepreneurs and investors in Nashville talk about this. So I really hope uh, it gets figured out in Nashville the way it's getting figured out in other cities. And um, it'll be cool to see how that sort of levels the playing field, the level uh, playing field for everyone uh, in Nashville and hopefully beyond in That's the state of Tennessee as well. Yep. Well, I uh, I love uh, talking about some of these success stories, and uh, the last one I kind of want to. I would love to make sure our audience hears about is from Scott Borchetta. And I mentioned in the intro of this episode that he's the founder, president, and CEO of Big Machine Label Group. Um, superstars like Taylor Swift are on the label, Florida Georgia Line, Reba McIntyre, Rascal Flatts, Lady Antebellum. There are so many great artists on this label. Uh, and Big Machine celebrated a huge success since the company's inception uh, 13 years ago. And uh, they've really kind of been leading the charge, you know, more than 60 million albums sold by Big Machine artists, uh, in addition to sending over 200 singles to the number one spot in country, pop, and rock. And uh, Scott was there last night and had some really uh, cool advice to entrepreneurs. Um, Clark, I'd love to hear uh, that clip that you got. If you were able to rewind it back to 13 years ago and you started Big Machine, what's something you would want to tell yourself? Don't give up, it's gonna be okay. You shared a lot of examples of how there were these moments, these crossroads. How did you get through these moments when it was so uncertain? You know, you, literally, there, I had a saying is, get to warrior. Because there were days where I'm laying in bed, it's like, why are you laying in bed? Get up, get to warrior. And I would just repeat, it's like, why aren't you moving yet? I mean, there were times where it's just numb. It's like, get up and get to warrior. I love that. Get to warrior is such a great uh, phrase. I'm going to start using that. Uh, <laughs> When I'm when I'm snoozing at six a.m. and w- want to get my get myself uh, on my schedule, I'm gonna say Hunkler, get to Warrior, because mm-hmm. for some reason I talk to myself by my last name. <laughs> uh, Scott had just amazing energy, and it's such a cool success out of the music scene here. Um, and and Vince Neil from uh, Motley Crue actually presented the awards, which, which was awesome. I mean, very amazing, very different kind of. I mean, there are entrepreneurship awards in cities all over the country, but this was a very Nashville award show, uh, and it was cool to see just that music DNA throughout That's everything. That's a great point. I think yeah. Anne Elizabeth, Shelby, Grady, because there's people on the, the EC team here on the staff. I mean, there's several more. Everyone had a part of this, but I think that kind of feedback would just make their day because they really wanted this to feel like Nashville. Yeah, it did. It, it, uh, it's cool, too. You know, when we host our events here in Nashville, uh, it's not just the entrepreneurs and the investors. Like, we'll have, you know, People who sign talent from big record label groups in the audience uh, who want to write checks as angel investors. Uh, we've got people who are executives at 
major, major healthcare companies mm-hmm. like HCA. And um, I think it's really neat when you see a city do a great job of taking you know, some of its success and some of its DNA mm. and plugging it into the startup and entrepreneurial community. Mm. Mm. Uh, can you think of any cool examples of, of seeing that? I mean, you mentioned Jamber is a great example oh, yeah. of a startup that kind of came out of the music industry. Um, I, I know one of the companies that won, actually, I was talking uh, talking to the founder before he took the stage because uh, Austin has presented on the powder keg stage a number of times uh, for his company, Greenlight Medical. Mm-hmm. They won Healthcare Startup of the, of the Year Award. Uh, not surprising uh, because he's just built an amazing team, an amazing product. Uh, can you speak a little bit? Sure. Yeah, he's a busy guy. So busy, in fact, he actually was... As soon as he walked off the stage, he went to go catch a flight. Oh, we'll so get him here. On the I know. We're gonna get, we're gonna bring him back. But I like Austin Dirks a lot because when I mean, he was actually he landed here, um, you know, in one of our bays, our co-working bays, and it was just sort of as one desk. And then before you know, it, you're walking by, and he's got four or five different people. He's got the whole bay, and now they, you know, bittersweet, they had to move on to kind of get an additional bigger space. Mm-hmm. And they're really tapping into that pipeline of healthcare network that's in Nashville, especially with the advisor program that's at the Entrepreneur Center, because we've got, again, we're a nonprofit. It's really cool that we have over 250 advisors, people who do this for free. And a lot of these are in the healthcare space, people who just want to help innovate. I mean, healthcare is something everyone can agree needs to be better. Mm -hmm. And so people are showing up to make it better and they're supporting the next wave and Greenlight Medical, what they're in their name, they're trying to green light, get innovation in faster into these health systems. So what better way to help a team like that? How do you how do you connect with a, a, a huge behemoth company? How do you help a startup kind of, you know, I think of like a Star Wars, like the ship kind of landing on the, the gigantic, um, you know, <laughs> destroyer. So that's kind of what's happening right here in real time. Well, yep. Austin and I were grabbing some food by the buffet, and uh, I, I got the verbal on him coming on the show. So we'll make sure we get a in-depth interview with Austin here uh, in the future. Cool. Absolutely. We also talked to a student last night, Jordan uh, Washington. But the, well, I want to call out student populations. Oh my gosh. And Nashville's another interesting thing, and, and this is across the country, but we're, we've been learning. We work a lot with Launch Tennessee, and they've really recognized the importance of how do you take student talent and nurture them. So another team that you were asking about, you know, kind of injecting this creativity and and the music space even more is a team. They were just, you know, two, I think they're both maybe sophomores at college at Belmont University. And they have, they went the first cohort on Project Music and they actually won Young Entrepreneur of the Year, Young Entrepreneur of 2016 at Next Awards. And they basically are helping connect musicians to live events so they're doing some really cool things there and we we love the the energy that they're always bringing we actually had the co-founders there you go. Uh, present here in nashville but they actually traveled all the way up to indianapolis to oh, one nice. of our indianapolis events as well uh, and it's really cool to see how their model has evolved over time they've yep. been able to take that product feedback they're a duo it, jenning mckenzie man they yeah are a force we reckon with absolutely yeah. yep. well and you mentioned the the music industry and how there are some great startups like even more uh, Betsy McHugh from Hurdle actually won Startup mm-hmm. of the Year last night in the uh, the music and media space, and you got an interview with her, right, Clark? Hello, my name is Betsy McHugh. I'm the founder of Hurdle Inc., and we just won Music and Media st- Entertainment Startup. You all are doing some really interesting things. If you were to describe it, just on a, the most simple level, though, 
How would you describe what you're doing? Well, what we're doing is allowing artists and marketers and brands to talk to fans while they're in the venue for the first time ever. And this and is a patent technology. That's right. Yeah, we have an actually registered patent. Um, and I'm really excited because we're finally bringing some intelligence to not only who's in the venue, but how to talk to them. Last question. Mm-hmm. What would you yeah, say is I so special that. about mm-hmm. building this? I love that. I love what she's working on and what she's building there at Hurdle, and uh, it'll be cool to see how she grows here in the years ahead. Um, have, have you been tracking that company for a while? You know, funny enough, I have. They actually did an interview in here. It was with something totally um, not the EC related. It was with the uh, American Marketing Association, NAMA, as some people call it here in Nashville. And so they've definitely been active in the ecosystem, and they were kind of highlighted about some of the innovations they're doing. Well, it's cool to see that they've got uh, some interesting marketing software and, and tools that they've built. Um, and the fact that they're you know starting in the music and media space makes sense. But I wonder, too, if, if there might even be more potential for Hurdle uh, you know, as they find success in the music and media and entertainment space. You know, could they actually grow into more industries, even realize more value, eventually get snapped like up it. by a yeah, Salesforce, totally, Oracle, yeah. et cetera? Yeah, because they are really doing some interesting stuff and new stuff that they are patenting actually in the direct-to-consumer market that is um, pretty novel. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's cool to see how people just take advantage of what they've got going for them in terms of like their their geography, their location, uh, and to tap into these networks that can really help them grow fast because they know people are passionate about music. I might have a great consumer base here. They're a music companies and labels and uh, everything I could potentially sell to for, on a B2B side of things. And uh, it's just neat to see that entrepreneurs sort of take that to heart and strike lightning a lot of times, like it sounds like uh, Hurdle might be doing. Uh, and our, our last interview here, I just want to tee it up, um, is with Entrepreneurial uh, Company of the Year. So corporate innovation uh, is, is sort of the, the theme of this award, I, I believe. Um, and this is Jerry Bosselman, who's the CEO and founder of Vaco. Um, and Vaco provides boutique-level service um, sort of with a global reach in the area of executive search, consulting, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. So he's got a really good pulse on talent and Nashville talent. I'd love to talk a little bit about um, what's unique about Nashville, but also um, it'd be interesting to hear from uh, Jerry himself. And Clark, I know you got an interview with him. Hello, my name is Jerry Bostman, and we just won the Entrepreneur Award. I love that name. It's kind of, I don't know if it's a real or made up name, but basically what it means is you're being entrepreneurial within a large corporation, a large setting. So as I understand it, you have over 800 employees, 480 million in revenue. That's right. And all the best words are made up. Just going to take that back one more time because we love. That's right. And all the best words are made up. Absolutely. All the best Um, of words are made up. What advice would you have to these growing companies? How How do you keep that edge? How do you stay entrepreneurial even though these large systems get in place? You know, I'm in my 16th year with Vaco. Started when it was zero, and now that we approach a half a billion, people ask if I get tired of my job. We're always just getting started. It's amazing what you can do in the era when you're first getting started and winning scrappily, and then it takes a whole other look when we're going at the next level to get other players involved and trying to leverage talent through more people. And now we look at how we're able to make bigger, better, but powered by 800 people instead of just one or two. 
So it's always finding the next great challenge and being excited about where we're going. Thanks for all you do for now. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. You know, I, I think in terms of growing a team to 800 people, uh, that's got to be hard. Uh, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I know people are coming to Nashville in droves, you know, yep. thanks to, you know, maybe in part to the Titans uh, coming coming to Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> thanks in part maybe even to the show Nashville. Uh, and then just all the media and exposure of what's going on here in the tech and entrepreneurship scene. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting spot because all of a sudden there are so many people in Nashville and they're ready to contribute. They want to be part of the Nashville economy. They want to shop at all of our amazing small businesses and boutiques that are selling things with iHeart Nashville on it. Um, <laughs> and I think one of the things that Vaco really does and one of the things that they – the reason they're called Vaco, it's a Latinate word that means to free oneself from one's master. Um, and they see their role in the industry of staffing – Consulting, that sort of thing, is freeing people from jobs that don't fulfill them, freeing people from jobs that aren't soul, um, soul fulfilling. So I think that's part of like what drives people to Nashville and why I love that they won last night is because people come to Nashville. It's like what they say about New Orleans. You don't live in New Orleans because it's easy. You live there because you can't live anywhere else but New Orleans. Nashville's like that, but it's actually super easy and great to live here. <laughs> no shade to New Orleans because New Orleans is fantastic. Um, well, I mean, one of the things we found in the Tennessee Tech Census is that 58% of tech employees surveyed have an annual household uh, expenses under $50,000 a year. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's that's super low. That's it's a high so quality low. of living. Yep. Um, at the same time, you have 80% of the tech employees surveyed went to college outside of Tennessee. So mm. so people are coming to Nashville from outside of Tennessee, even if maybe they were here before. Um, but I, I know a large portion of them are just coming to Nashville because it's a freaking magnet right now. It really is. It's interesting also. You get a lot of music talent. For instance, the Nashville Software School is a really interesting group that's in Nashville. And... When you're thinking about the tech talent, we're talking about talent here, you get a lot of people who move to Nashville, you know, they're pursuing the dream, they want to play music, but they end up maybe doing something else, right? Mm -hmm. So we've seen a lot of interesting just trends on how many musicians are becoming software engineers. And there's a lot of interesting connections between Hmm. being a developer and being a musician. And it's really cool because they've graduated over 500 local grads. And most of these students, most of these junior developers stay in Nashville. They get hired by groups like Emma, you know, these other tech companies around Nashville. So it's been really cool to see how that's also influenced talent. What are some of the um, universities and coding academies that are, mm-hmm. that are kind of feeders for the talent pool here in Nashville? Mm-hmm. Nashville Software School is a big one. Okay. Um, and then we also have, we have over 21 colleges and universities oh, here. Oh, wow. Vanderbilt. Um, Vanderbilt, Lipscomb. We have a ton of smaller private colleges. Lipscomb, Belmont is a huge contributor to yep. our economy. Um, and then we also have like a, we have something in, in Tennessee specifically called the Drive to 55, which is something that was put in place at the state level a few years ago, which made it free for every single adult in Tennessee to go to community college. And our community colleges are actually like really robust and some of our biggest trainers of technical employees. Um, I think we're still a little early in those stages that and that initiative is only a few years old mm-hmm. so we're still a little early on seeing those returns but i think we're only going to see that community grow i think what you're calling out is excellent with the public private partnership that's something that i know here at the entrepreneur center they i mean it's that's how it was built they built this place debt free it was through these public private partnerships and that i mean 
that really plays a big role here. Absolutely. Well, I know a lot of times the the private uh, backing for these are coming from the companies that want to hire all this talent. That's right. And I know right. you've got some bigger technology-oriented companies or even just bigger companies that have technologists there, you know, Asurion being a big mm-hmm. one. Nissan has a big uh, headquarters here, I know. What are some of the other larger organizations that are, are snapping up a lot of the talent? HCA, Hospital Corporations of America, um, Vanderbilt University and Vanderbilt Hospital are some of our That's biggest right. employers. Oh, yeah. We have a ton of hospitals here. Um, Rogers Group, which is one that is not uh, very well known. They're a construction group, but they are the largest employer in North Nashville specifically. Um, and it was founded right here by Jerry Garrity. Oh, my um, gosh. Um, not right here in the EC, right. right here in Nashville by Jerry Garrity. Yeah, I That's think cool. also, I mean, we have these really wonderful areas around Nashville, Franklin, Brentwood. We're seeing a lot. I think Nissan's headquartered out of is it Brentwood or Franklin? Um, so it's like in this middle Franklin. Tennessee area, but we we see I think yeah the co- low cost of living. It's it's you know it's beautiful, good people. You know I think that helps with attracting, and we are attracting more yep. you know more HQs and we and are and we have a, a great chamber of, of commerce. We that have helps a, with a that. wonderful chamber of commerce. We have a very robust minority chambers of commerce. Our LGBT chamber, our Tennessee Latin American chamber, our Nashville area Hispanic chamber of commerce, our Black chamber of commerce, um, and then we also are seeing we're starting to see like some companies that are bigger having their like second headquarters here. So Warby Parker is one. Oh, wow. Warby Parker has their second headquarters here, right, right down at the Life and Casualty nice. Tower in Eventbrite Nashville. Eventbrite is here. That's right. Eventbrite yeah. is here. So and we're starting to see that. That was largely influenced. But they got here. They were surprised. Like, wow, there is so much tech talent here, and they have made that one of their biggest engineering shops. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Well, and I know uh, we we actually had uh, one of the the people at the head of the tech side of things at Eventbrite um, on the last episode of the Powder Cake Podcast. Nice. He was he was there speaking uh, at the launch of the Tennessee Tech Census Report. Uh, which I, we're do, I'm doing some weird time travel right now because this is episode 64. <laughs> that's episode 63, but I haven't actually recorded episode 63. It's yet going because now. That's tonight. <laughs> so um, it's going to be there. It's a little inside baseball behind the the curtain uh, stuff for you listeners out there. Um, I'm loving the stories here. I feel like we could talk all day, but um, I, I'm really so happy, Clark, that you captured some of this raw backstage last night at the Next Awards, and we could hear from so many great Nashville entrepreneurs on the show. Uh, Brynn, I'm so so thankful that you could share some of your perspective, um, not only just being uh, kind of new at the EC, but with your background in education, uh, your background working at you know in diversity and inclusion, which I know is one of the top three cultural, um, uh, top three social uh, issues that Nashville wants to affect here yeah. locally in the in the tech and and uh, entrepreneurship industry, and so uh, you can find out all all about that at the uh, techcensus dot uh, com or sorry techcensus dot org and download the Nashville Tennessee report. Um, but then also you can find out more about these companies because the EC is actually launching a new podcast, uh, which is going to be hosted by. Clark and Buckner. Yeah, both of and us. Bryn. Bryn yeah. is my co-pilot. It's, we're co-pilots. It, it would not be possible without Bryn because we're going to be doing interviews in here, but also going out into the community, going to these different navigation partners. And the goal with this is you can listen to Navigate, not only learn how do you navigate Nashville's entrepreneurial resources, but also how do you navigate startup life? What are the oh lessons learned 
all of that. So this same format we did today with you, Matt, we're going to be using that as well, like playing clips and trying to add context. So Brennan and I are just so excited about this. It's been a, really a, a long time project in the works. But anyone who wants to get first listen to that, go to ec.co slash podcast. ec.co slash podcast. I'm going to be signing up to make sure uh, I, I get some of the first episodes there. Uh, I love talking with you both, so I can't imagine what listening uh, to you every, what, weekly? Is it going to be weekly? You know, or probably maybe every other week potentially, but we have a lot of content. Start slow. We have a lot of content <laughs> we can kind of, we want to just paint the city as much as we can to help. It's Lots not about the stories. EC. It's all yeah. about Nashville. Yeah, totally. I, I love that. And thank you so much for sharing your perspective, sharing your stories on the show today. Um, I do encourage people to go check out the Tech Census. It's free to download, and it is a statewide report covering Nashville, Chattanooga, uh, Knoxville, Memphis. Uh, and each one is a little bit different, but there's some really cool commonalities, too. And uh, the reason this is so helpful is if you're in Tennessee, obviously, understand your landscape, understand the tech um, ecosystem you're operating in. But also, if you're outside of Tennessee, it's important to be able to learn from what Tennessee is doing well. And there's a lot going well, as you heard from the show today. So make sure you check that out. You can also go to powderkeg.com and get the show notes for this entire show with links to the people mentioned, the organizations mentioned, some of the resources we talked about. Um, and you can also subscribe. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. It's powderkeg.com slash iTunes. Um, the reason subscribing is helpful is to just make sure you see the next episode uh, first, and you're going to get to listen to it first. You're going to get to hear some of the connections that are made on that show first, and uh, would love to have you in our regular listening audience, and appreciate you if you already are a loyal listener, and uh, we will be hearing from you next uh, on episode 65. Uh, and again, this is episode 64 of Powder Keg Igniting Startups. We will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>